passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind Around with John Pollock and waiting the A-Team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind Around. For Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind Around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way Take the Mic. Hello. Welcome to Rewind to Raw. It's John Pollock and Way Ting, and here we are. Another week. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say something really uh profound. You felt like you were about to exhale. No, not really. You went like and I didn't um, know what was coming. It was it's like probably just because like I'm always nervous, like whenever I'm starting these these things, you know, I gotta make sure everything's in frame and I have all the sort of screen sharing things set up. So Are we I'm in always... frame? Are we okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yes. How do you feel? Um white. <laughs> You're are you is it because you have a new light on? Is that why? I I do have a new light <laughs> on. <laughs> I just you can you could turn it off if it's throwing you off. Maybe no, maybe I I go I go by what you say, on okay. or off. Um, maybe maybe I would tell you to adjust like the the um ISO on the camera, but that's probably going to be way too much work. So um, maybe you could turn it off if it's bothering you. Let's see. Let's see the difference <laughs> here. Way. Oh goodness! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh shit! Where'd I go? I can't see my. Where am I? Yeah, whatever, Dark. whatever. That YouTube comment about your background, I think, has uh, really, you know, um, affected maybe. Um, this wasn't my suggestion. This was your suggestion about the light. Oh, was it? Okay, apologies. I'm just going by whatever, like what you tell me. I just follow. Right. All right. Well, we'll work on it. How was your weekend, Way? I had a good weekend. Yeah, as always. Um, and as always, I don't really remember it in this particular moment. So That's fine. That's yeah. How about you? How was your weekend? It was pretty good. I squeezed in those final twenty minutes of Echo. Finished it. I heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm deep into my MCU book, and get ready for uh, comes in threes. Finished Echo. Midway through this book, and I am now several episodes 
into season one of Daredevil. I'm rewatching. I've I've just what? gone. I've gone down the the Marvel rabbit hole way. So I mean, you missed out on a whole lot, you know, like it, over the years in, in in Marvel. I take it, but rather than going back and actually watching things you haven't seen before, you're rewatching Daredevil. You're firmly I was, in I, the Daredevil. I, I enjoyed Echo cool. enough that I I'm I'm going back to uh, Daredevil season one. I don't know how much I'm going to make it through. Like these are forgot this season was like 13 episodes and we're talking like an hour each episode i was like man yeah i think i think the, the second and third seasons are even longer than that like, i feel like it's like 20 episodes or something like that i haven't even finished the third season i don't think i ever finished the third season i, rem- I remember struggling by the end of it but i really enjoyed oh. the first two seasons of it okay well um maybe give us an update i'm not Give us yeah. a review, even you know. Give I'm us not, a bonus I'm not, review. I'm not. You know what? I'm going to watch this, and I I, I want to retain nothing. Okay? Take that, notes. That, time every scene. Give us uh, star ratings for every scene. Just you know, put a put some work into it. I'll I'll give body language. Okay, that'll be a shrug means fine hour of television. Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing your your thoughts on a rewatch. It surprises me that that's how you would um. Of of all the things you could possibly do with with your free time to, to dedicate it to Daredevil rewatching it, um, tells me how much you love it. So, uh, well, I I was up I was up very late on Saturday, so I felt why not? Do you see any Super Bowl period or, or ads or anything? Um, a quarter of of it. No, I didn't watch a second of any Super Bowl ads, halftime show, game, nothing. Really. Nothing. I watched everything except the game itself. So that means you I... watched like the ads and you watched Usher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell I mean, me like Usher was a good performance. Ludacris showed up. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, you know, even if I'm not necessarily like, like the halftime show is usually entertaining. I mean, it's like 15 minutes of your life. How, how bad could it be? Like, I don't even, I don't even know if I, I qualified um, as, as an Usher fan, but if you exist in the world, I think you would have heard these songs and you might've even liked these songs and, and to just su- suddenly see this person, uh, you know, perf- in one of the biggest stages of uh, in, ex- like in the, on the planet, probably like one of the most important performances of their life. And just seeing he just spectacle. added 50, 50 dates to his tour today. Coming off, I mean, why wouldn't you coming off of something like this? You know, it's one of the biggest audiences anybody could ever have. But just to see the 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 spectacle of of the production and then like whatever surprises they're able to cram in there, um, uh, like Alicia Keys and her like like giant cape, which was absolutely amazing. That part was really cool and and, and a lot of fun. And um, and the commercials, I mean, you know, the, it, it's fun to just see like what incredible amount of spending goes on uh with these major companies not just buying this the ad space but like wait a minute did you watch the super bowl through nord vpn and watch the u.s ads uh, uh um oh well the answer is yes i always uh watch everything through nordvpn.com slash post wrestling but um i also just watch the compilation of all the commercials afterwards i'm not sitting through the game just to watch the commercials um and and it's like what celebrity is out there that we could throw you know a million dollars to to be in our ad for like i don't know a few seconds um and if you're a celebrity i mean why wouldn't you accept you know this this seemingly endless supply of money just to kind of uh, sell product it feels like it's like the one time of year where it's kind of cool 
and and not completely just like um selling out to uh, i mean it is selling out i suppose but what's selling out there's no no such thing as selling out you know nordvpn.com slash post wrestling sign up um i we you know it's it but it's almost like a, a almost a badge of honor to to be featured in somebody's super bowl commercial is what i'm trying to say it is it's um i mean it, it certainly is like if you're if you are tuning in for consumerism at its finest i mean this is the super yeah. bowl of ad buying and when you look at the amount of money that is grossed for these 60 30 second spots of um real world problems that that are out there i mean uh for some they they might look at it as um what what is this but it is the uh i i mean you're watching for spectacle and and the spectacle of i guess you know all these companies competing to see like who like how much of your attention they can buy you know on this particular night is is exciting to me was there one brand that you were tempted by yeah there there is uh, and it's for a product that I, I'm guessing most of our audience is not really familiar with. Um, it's it's for this like moisturizer called CeraVe. Okay. Um, and I only know it because my wife uses it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I see this like ad, and I'm like, isn't that the ad that you're that, or isn't that the the cream that you use? And they had Michael Sarah be the <laughs> spokesperson for CeraVe. Oh, I saw an image of this. I didn't see the ad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and the whole ad is just him talking about how this is his his cream and um you wouldn't have expected anyway. I'm not oh, doing a great job. It's called CeraVe and they have yeah. Michael Sarah. Okay. That's yeah, I thought that was very clever. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Steve Austin was in an ad. Uh Jade Cargill was, was, was uh, she was also Yeah, Dana White was in the the Bud Light ad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that um WWE gets like a ton of marketing out of this. It's amazing. They just had Snoop Dogg going around, just hey, hold this belt, take a photo. Like, great. Who would have thought? Yeah, great marketing on on their part. I mean, they're splashed all over. You've got like Patrick Mahomes carrying a replica title in the locker room after he was named MVP. Like WWE gets incredible piggybacking off of this gigantic like. Their their whole replica belt deal. I mean that that's great for them, but they've been getting this for years. It's just it's great marketing on their part. That's all you can say. So in hindsight, really, you know, can any of us fault them for changing the the championship to the, to the logo? I mean, it's completely worked out for them, hasn't it? Yeah, I think really you could have any design and it it, it could it could work for this. But you know, they mm, want but this that, is that a logo. Giant w, yeah. Um, yeah. So um great that they they never put like you know the chairman's face as like the logo of the company or something like that so they went with uh the b design that the big that. Yeah. the big w hmm. well there you go another super bowl in the books yes it will probably be the most watched super bowl ever when the numbers come out right yeah because of the whole taylor swift there was that i mean you had an overtime game they had a lot of factors working for them this mm-hmm. year yeah, a lot of people um I, you could see online um calling um uh, calling this potentially a rigged game. What do you what is that? <laughs> it's just how Joe Biden uh, scripted it, right? Yeah, so you you must have seen that, right? Yes. The Biden tweet? Yeah. Um I'm guessing most of us only saw the image after the game and had no context whatsoever for why he tweeted himself as Cyclops. Um, but it was like, are you even aware of, of why he tweeted that? Um, I, I took it to be the uh, 
the the rigging of the game gag yeah right like that he i guess um posted in a prior video before the game i don't know the full the full story anyway (laughs) okay let's not explain it i i i and i don't even really know it myself i just like turn on twitter and i see joe biden with like you know cyclops eyes and i'm like what is this from the real account and it and it was um and you know what i thought when i saw that I think I should tweet about this for the next 18 hours of my life. I think that, and I think I should consume everyone's thoughts about this image for the next 18 hours. This would be a great usage of my time as it seemed to be for so many people. Well, people need things to tweet about. People need, yeah. need, need reasons to, to, you know, have opinions, uh, especially when it's uh, about your president. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's, it, this is a case where I think um, engagement um, is, is any sort of net positive for, the president of the United States. It's um, look at all the retweets. Look at all the likes. Look at all the bro, shares. Look at the look at the look at the engagement. That's that was the key. Great, great usage. Whatever. Of everyone's time. Well, there you have it. That's that's the most entertaining Super Bowl review we can possibly give everybody. Uh, coming up, we are going to be chatting about Raw. Where were they tonight? Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, we will be chatting about as well. Want to make mention that later this week, we are doing the Ask Away Mailbag Show. If you want to ask us a question, preferably not about the Super Bowl, you can send in your questions on the post-wrestling forum thread. You can go up there now before Thursday, send in your questions, any and all subjects welcome, or you can send us a voice memo at memo.fm slash post-wrestling. We can hear your voice, ask the question, and then we shall also respond with our audio answer so look forward to that on thursday and uh coming up this weekend as you can see on the graphic we will have a ufc 298 review with myself and the returning eric marcotte the nwa podcast what's the over under on the nwa podcast this sunday i'm stating i think they hit five this month i mean they have a lot of catching up to do with a lot of big topics and i'm sure a lot of opinions on every single one of those topics so yeah i'm going over five yeah. So. My favorite part about the NWA podcast is listening to it the next day or so. And without fail, when Nate will, well, as we start to wind down and I'll look down, it's like an hour and 18 <laughs> minutes left as yeah. he, uh, he goes to like shut it down. And then, boy, this one, just just wait. It, it, it's going to be a monster. Oh, you got it. You up. should you should spend a lot of time winding down, you know, Um it's uh it's good sort of uh it's like after working out you got to stretch exactly yes mm-hmm. you want to pull something so check that out always a uh always a big part of uh, of the month and if you want to go back this uh this past weekend a really great uh breakdown of the whole rossi ogawa situation from karen peterson on the new beginning review that she did with bruce lord that is up at postwrestlingcafe.com way and i will uh, chime in with some of our thoughts in a couple of minutes on this card from sunday that uh, was uh the real Super Bowl of the, the the big sporting event of the day on Sunday, February the 11th. But we start off with a pretty terrible story involving former WWF wrestler Billy Jack Haynes, a uh, an area regular in the Pacific Northwest. He has been named a suspect after the death of his 85-year-old wife, Jeanette uh, Beecraft. Uh, police responded on Thursday after they were alerted of gunfire in the couple's home, and it resulted in a two-hour standoff where Haynes was not cooperative, was not leaving the home, but eventually was able to leave the home and went into uh, police custody. 
it was ruled by the medical examiner that uh, Beecraft did die from a gunshot wound, and they have since named Haynes as a suspect, and he is, at last check, was hospitalized due to a condition that was said to be unrelated to the homicide, but it's expected as soon as he's discharged from the hospital, he will be in police custody, and they put out a, a statement stating that he's in police custody at a local hospital while he is being treated for a medical condition unrelated to the homicide. Once he is released from the hospital, which may be days from now, he's expected to be booked into jail. Hayes charges will be released once he is booked. Officers determined that the suspect was inside the home and they requested assistance from the special emergency reaction team and the crisis negotiation team in order to safely take the suspect into custody. Officers went inside the home and located an adult female who was deceased. Homicide detectives responded to the scene and began their investigation. There is no ongoing threat to the community. So, um, Haynes had actually grown up and was very close friends with Jeanette uh, Beecraft's son, Todd. Um, and the son died a couple of years ago. And then Haynes ended up uh, marrying his friend's mother. They were like 15 years apart in age. She was 85. He is 70. And uh, both uh, Billy Jack Haynes and Todd Beecraft, they were involved in the wrestling scene together in the Pacific Northwest. Haynes having obviously a much uh higher profile of career Uh, it's just a really awful story and one that uh, certainly you uh, there there will be more that that comes out in regards to the details but it just uh, you know she was reportedly suffering from dementia and it just seems that it it caught their neighbors off guard too like there was a lot of uh, local news covering this of um, just people around like it's not as though they were just like reclusive in their home or kept to themselves it seems like they were you know out and about in their neighborhood and this has uh caught their neighbors as much off as anybody it's just it's a really terrible story and a, a string of them in in pro wrestling and pro wrestling adjacent stories we've been covering of late it's awful it's it's terrible um i hope justice is served so we will uh continue to follow that story up on the site New Japan presented New Beginning in Osaka on Sunday. How much of this card did you get to check out? I caught the three main matches. As did I, yes. So that was a sizable portion of this card. Um, The Tanahashi-Okada match, I mean, it was deafening when Okada came out, this being his final New Japan match in Osaka, at least for the time being. And I mean, this was a crowd that it was amazing to see that they did get into like heel spots by Okada. He kick the guardrail into Tanahashi's neck. The crowd boos that. And you've got Okada even playing up uh, to the boos. And I mean, they, they had a fine match. This would hardly, I would place like alongside the catalog of their like finest matches together. This was more so a symbolic match and ended with, you know, this struggle by Okada to hit the landslide and then a rainmaker to get the clean victory. And his record uh, against Tanahashi is now nine, five with three draws after Uh, all of their matches and then he just bowed broke down crying and there he is looking down on the on the new japan logo and the crowd is just chanting for him as he was left in the ring by tanahashi alone and yeah it's it's gonna be a very emotional scene in uh in sapporo for those two shows we'll get into the match announcement in in a couple of minutes but um if nothing else it was just the crowd getting to see these these two have at least one more match because you can't completely write it off, especially with the expected destination of an Okada. But 
I, I mean, in, in many ways, like this is the the end of an era for these two when this was the the feud of the decade and brought a lot of new people into New Japan as it was starting to get more regular uh, streaming options into the U.S. and worldwide. It was this feud that was a lot of people's entry point. Mm-hmm. This this was, you know, certainly not the type of match where I think they sought to outdo their prior performances. You know, for one thing, it was like in the middle of the card for two. I mean, Tanahashi especially is is at a much more sort of, a, you know, advanced, um, I think, uh, physical ability these days. Still but pulled off was... uh, aces high to the floor. I mean, he's not just busting that out for for no reason. So, I mean, that uh, right. did go that that far. But to me, it was like, you know, um getting to perform with your oldest colleague one, one last time you know like i don't know playing a playing a, a song with your friend like you know the the final time before I, I don't know you all move on to another band or something like that um it was it was sentimental and 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 i think it had all the emotion that i think it, it required the the match that amazingly going into this show, it feel it felt like number one, it was, you know, it, it, this was like front and center. Will Ospreay's last contractual match with new Japan. Then this Okada Tanahashi match, like they rebooked this show to give you this singles match with the Okada departure news. And then kind of just, you know, everyone was aware of this, but it was sort of just by the wayside is we're getting this rematch between Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. So I don't know if this was of the three matches, maybe like, it's crazy to think this might've been number three for people going in, but it could have been. And they came in and turned in uh, one of the finest matches I have seen in, I don't know how long it went nearly 33 minutes. Um, I, I was riveted by every second of this match. I thought it was one of the most like brilliant technical, physical storytelling types of matches that I've seen that here was a very simple setup that, okay, uh, Danielson, you beat me, but you didn't submit me. And that is the true mark of who is the superior technical wrestler. You must submit me. And here these two are, they're having this technical masterpiece, like just at a level we we do not see typically in mm-hmm. professional wrestling that they're just going tit for tat all of this great like chain wrestling Danielson having somebody that he can do all of his like mixed martial arts, like infused style with they're battling from like 50, 50 guard and 25 minutes in Zach lands this Zach driver. And he's willing to throw out these bragging rights. F it. I'm going to pin this guy. I thought that was like the best heel spot in this match that F it. I'm going to just go for the pinfall. Um, and then that sets the stage for this final um, eight minutes. That is just the counters, the reversals. And then it's a crucifix that Zach ends up catching Danielson with just an outstanding match. I, I will flat out state this is, this is my, uh, this is my leading contender for match of the year. Hmm. Uh, yeah, completely agreed. I, I think on all those fronts, um, maybe as like good as, as the Russell, dream match was um this to me topped it i think um there's something special about like seeing um brian danielson in 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 japan um and getting this sort of match in front of that sort of audience 
Um, and I thought the storytelling was maybe a bit stronger in this one, you know, with Zach's knee injury um, and Zach playing babyface in front of his home crowd, I thought was very effectively done. Uh, this was also a much more physical match than I think I expected, you know, especially on the part of Brian Danielson, who um, maybe because he knows he's winding down, um, he's going to get all the mileage out of his body at that that he could and Cause, uh, cause when you retire you don't need your your physical well-being anymore right like you just well, that's all you're gonna take your... a long break like i suppose you know eventually so why not just um that empty that the spot gas. where zach's knee buckles and it's just enough for him to eat the busaiku i mean th- there was so much it's like their their timing of just everything in this match mm-hmm. it was so on point and it it was just like watching two people at a like in at rarefied air that are each other's equals and were like they've had they've had like basically two matches together, two singles matches, and one of them, I mean, you almost throw it away. Zach was like a smidgen. in this run, like not, not not including the the one from you know a decade plus ago, right? So yeah. we're looking at um, you know these two had the match in Seattle, and then here in this match, it just felt like they were finishing each other's sentences for mm-hmm. an analogy like that's what you we were watching here for 32 plus minutes and now we we have the setting for the culmination of a of a pretty like important trilogy i would say in both of their careers at this point you know um for danielson like he's certainly not using this time to just kind of like i don't know um give you random matches like he's building important like career defining types of feuds and and this one with zach might be among the top of this last run of his like if he's not going to get this match with a bear he's going to get um Zach's everything else on on his to-do list yeah so the the end result first of all um so zach catches him and I I mean, Chris Charlton is just proclaiming him the best technical wrestler of the world. And and Walker Stewart is saying, you know, someone questioned that we were expecting a submission tonight. So you're already like laying the groundwork. And then Danielson shakes his hand, puts over Zach in the middle of the ring. And then in the back, he issues the challenge for any promoter out there to put us together a two out of three falls match. And he was emphasizing on neutral ground, whatever that would mean. Uh, Canada, um, neutral Switzerland, I guess, uh, match Switzerland there. would be, I, I guess, semi-neutral. You could go to Mexico for this. Um, the Jericho cruise international waters. Um, I, I don't think Danielson's going to be around for that one next year. Mm. So, uh, so what could they be they meaning? They missed the boat on that one. <laughs> Very good. When they say like he dares any promotion to do it, does it suggest to you that it won't be either New Japan or AEW? I mean, just the fact that you throw in like the the neutral ground, like what would that? Um, I don't know. Unless that's just uh, you, you don't read too much into that because it makes you think like they would they would go like you're doing two out of three falls. Um, when you're thinking about that, you certainly would lean towards something like in in CMLL. But I would not be doing this match in CMLL. I would make no this. sense. I <laughs> mean, it's um, but what like neutral ground? That's not in the u.s okay i'm gonna say even if you want to say all in would that be neutral ground for the guys from england i'm gonna say they're gonna go back to wrestling in coventry at the jolly beggar club where they had their first match in 2008 okay they're gonna close Again, is, that, is that neutral ground though um neutral enough maybe they're gonna go to the jungle like anoki did 
I'm very curious to know where, where they will have this match. Um, and, but the fact that they're building is very specific sort of, um, I guess, uh, stipulation for it. Doesn't it tell you that we're going to get it in the near future? I would, I would say it's probably, you know, coming up in at, at, at some point, I, I, I don't see them holding this off until all in. I think that's, that's really long to, to wait for this one. Could it be a new Japan of America show, you know, cause it's America, which is Danielson's home and then new Japan, which is kind of Zach's home. If you throw out like this neutral ground thing, um, yeah, I could see this being like the Ontario that Ontario California date that they've announced for May. That's a Toyota Arena, like is a that's a big arena that they're running. Um, mm. They're going to need a big match for that. Um, so that that that's a potential uh, as well. Like there, you can place it wherever essentially. Um, mm. But yeah, it was uh, just a, a tremendous, tremendous match. And then the main event. Um, not going to go through this entire thing, but it went. 64 plus minutes with the United Empire and the Bullet Club War Dogs. Um, if you have not seen the match, I mean, it was pretty much like your War Games match, but um, an extended version of it. And one of the longer matches in New Japan's history. And they they spared nothing in this. Um, there was blood loss at an enormous level, in particular mm-hmm. from Hanare, who had to like pretty much like cabbage patch put his head back together uh, for, for the rest of this match. Um, you had, I I think personally, this, this whole lead up to this match. And for a while, I thought that like Gabe kid has had this really unique aura about him that has stood out. And that was emphasized significant. Like to me watching this, David Finley is the one that is getting the pin and is the clear leader of the group. But to me, Gabe kid has stepped up in such a big way that if, I, like I am locking that guy down and would be yeah. to me, he's, he's the front runner of these war dogs in terms of having that, that main event level uh, charisma that eventually one day could transfer over very well to a baby face. But in the immediate, he has got this incredible, incredible heel run. And he, he has kind of stood above the pack in, in that war dogs group throughout the last yeah. couple of months I, i've kind of felt it since the g1 you know like when mm-hmm. when he cut that incredible promo at the press conference just like there's a level of i think um i don't know anger and bitterness about the guy uh being kind of a not just um i guess overlooked among sort of the other young lines but because he's you know a gaijin he's that much kind of further down the pecking order and not necessarily being given the opportunities that the others might um and i think he's really distilled that into a wonderful like pissed off young heel character um and if i'm new japan and um i'm not interested in signing him to a long-term deal i'm sure there are plenty of bigger promotions out there that will be interested well that's going to be the fight for new japan and i think that's going to permeate to the audience is getting behind especially like especially your foreign stars but your native ones too is that when guys start to catch fire is is there a clock running on their viability in new Japan? I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be the big test here is like, if a Gabe kid really catches on um, is, is this like, how much do you go with, with some of these, these guys, this is going to be a very big ask of the, of their booking and how they are structuring their future, knowing that it's, there is going to be that risk that, that comes with it. And it's just more pronounced now than, than it was prior, but I thought like in this match, in this five on five scenario, like, yes, the story was Will Ospreay, but I felt they tried to get so many guys some kind of benefit from this. You had 
like Hanare battling back from this brutal injury uh, to just come back like he's this monster that would not stay down. You had Francesco Akira, who in the lead up to this was questioning, like, I'm a technical wrestler. This is not my thing. And he rises to the occasion. And by the end of it, it's like he's found this deeper aggression in him that I think will play off well now with TJP is that now Francesco Akira has embraced this like darker aspect to him. Um, You had uh, Clark Connors, who I thought looked tremendous in in this match as well. Like you just, it it went very long. There are some that felt like this went too long and I, and I can get some of that. I can't say this match lost me though. I mean, during the tearing up of the ring, it it was a little like they, they certainly did hit like a lull during that period. And that's mm. so late in the match. You don't want to be hitting a lull at that point. That, but, that's sort of like a spot to me, like watching like in North America, it usually gets a really big reaction. Oh, my God. Look at like, I mean, we all remember the Nexus, you know, just just seeing like physically a ring being dismantled. You usually hear a lot of noise. But I, I, I guess I wonder if like part of it just had kind of had to do with like the nature of a Japanese crowd. Um not being as as loud for for certain things um so i wonder how that spot would have turned this was a very american match obviously it was like a you know war games match with with a bunch of gaijin wrestlers and and a lot of blood and a lot of things you wouldn't usually see in a new japan setting and so to me that was the novelty of like you know it was like seeing this sort of match in that sort of setting and i thought they delivered a really good example of i guess you know war games inspired like violent match Mm-hmm. even the the spot where like Callum Newman was dragged to the ring and he gets involved and does the double os cutter with Osprey like I just thought just having something like that in there like here's a little thing for Callum Newman that he should adopt the os cutter now moving forward like that's mm-hmm. his like little token that has been left from Will Osprey that this yeah. spot signified um and the Oswang made his it, appearance of course it, it made its way out and yeah, the, the end just saw like the, the exposed wood and there's like, there's like gaps in the ring. Like this yeah. looked insane to be doing spots on. Um, this, this was certainly just a, a cool visual, but one that, I mean, when you were looking at the, the level of stuff that they were doing here at the end, you got a spike pile driver to Francesco Akira on the wood and Osprey just dives to save him. It was like, dude, they, this was like, they were trying to recreate like a war scene here. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's what it felt like at the end. And the war dogs stand tall, and it's Finley with uh, Into Oblivion with the leg wrapped in uh, barbed wire and pins Osprey at 64 minutes and five seconds, proclaiming that the war dogs run New Japan, and the ring is left to the United Empire, and Osprey gives his farewell, to, like total, like endearing babyface promo, thanking the crowd, promising one day he will come back, he will never forget them, and we get the whole confetti celebration and Osprey now breaking down crying as as he leaves. Again, you know, this was a show that I think not only maybe had, you know, two very, very good matches, um, but two in, um, I guess, you know, in the Okada match and also this match, very sentimental moments here with, you know, the final pairing of Tanahashi and Okada and this uh, will Osprey goodbye to Japan. I mean, the man recently had the New Japan logo tattooed on his arm. Um, it kind of tells you how genuine these words are from him about how much he truly loves Japan and, and New Japan specifically. But like, you know, him talking about how um in the post-match press conference, talking about how it's not just about um wrestling for him, but like he's learned to be a more respectful human being through living in Japan. Uh, so this is not just a goodbye to promotion, but a goodbye to an entire sort of like, you know, past five years of his entire life. 
Did Taiji Shimori learn how to be a respectful human being from New Japan? Yeah, mm. yeah I don't know uh, about that one. Yeah, yeah. This was this was a spot on today's Fantastic Mania card that was just like mind boggling to watch, where he came out as Bone Soldier Junior and made like a Hitler salute in the opening match. I mean, just like. I don't know, like, how does this happen in, in 2024? No that was my idea. reaction watching this. I just, um, no yeah. idea. I don't, I don't and, know. And how. it was like, and still up to, like, I, I heard about this in the afternoon and just went, it's like, it's right there on New Japan World. I mean, yeah. for all I know, it's, it's still there. There's been no, I've seen no, um, reaction from New Japan. It just, yeah. this feels just so tone deaf in, in today's society. Yeah, so I mean, I I can maybe um, at least listen to perhaps the um, idea that things might not be taboo elsewhere um, that might be taboo here. Um, I don't know if I can really buy it in this case, especially when you're talking about a promotion that has made plenty of inroads internationally. New Japan is no longer just a Japanese company. They're an Walker international Stewart, company. Like if you, he's just like, he doesn't know what to say. He's on the con- on commentary by himself. It's just like, whoa. Um, like he feels uncomfortable in this moment that um, all of yeah. a sudden he's, he's seeing this. And it's a show like that's a joint pro- like production with CMLL, like it's an international market type of show. And uh, I mean, I have no idea. And I I also wonder if like New Japan is being directly questioned uh, about it, or at least the people in charge are being di- directly questioned about it by by media over there. Yeah, but very very puzzling. Just that, that this would just get through those you know filters, um, if there was any to to pull yeah. this this off on the show today. We'll wrap up on New Japan just with the announcement of Okada's matches for the final weekend uh, in, in New Japan for him in Sapporo. So on the February 23rd show, he will be teaming with Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Yo against Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, Hanare, Francesco Akira, and Callum Newman. And then the next day, his final match will be the second match on the main show, with Tanahashi, Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi against Matt Riddle, Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, Hanare, and Francesco Akira. I thought this was incredibly underwhelming for Okada's final match. And this feels like they're like it would not surprise me if Okada just pins mm-hmm. pins someone and they're gonna send him off as like the conquering uh star that is now off to uh take on the world. It just I don't know. I just I just think this is such a a misuse of Okada that we're not even going to like even even to, lo- to get pinned by someone in this final match. I'm thinking like if they're going to pick someone, it would be Matt Riddle. And here's like the second match on the card. It won't even have weight to it where it's mm-hmm. it's just going to be the Okada send off. And I, I could very well see him just like pinning Akira or um yeah, I just I, I don't think they're going to even try to get any any juice out of this exit from Okada. I, I find it very disappointing. Feels like, again, more of a feel good type of like, you know, send off for um, uh, somebody. I, I, I do find it. Uh, I find it surprising uh, to me as well, because like especially since like Hiroshi Tanahashi's own comment about Okada's um, departure was that he wishes um, they could have had a bit more time to pair him off with the next generation. And. 
I, I think all of us were at least hoping for one of these two, if not both of these two matches to be, you know, against one, one of the Musketeers or just anybody coming up who could use that value in a singles um, win over, over Tanahashi. And to see them, like, the hindsight is that now we know Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada was Okada's last singles match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you continue to ask, other than the feel-good moment at the end of the match, what purpose did it really serve at all? This match that he had uh, against Tanahashi should have been a loss against somebody else. I agree. Like, I just, I I don't understand going out in this. Like, even, I, I would even say in, like, the extreme of you had someone on the other team that, beats him in like a 10 man tag. I don't think it's going to have any of the significance and mm-hmm. and it's and to not have one of your key stars um in this match. I think that's that's a big miss on top of this. So I I just found these announcements to be pretty underwhelming and I d- I don't think they're going to get much out of this departure. Like yeah, Okada will have even... a lot of tears. You'll have a great speech, I'm sure. We've had but a lot of had that you would have had that plus the value of him losing to somebody that you want to put the spotlight on to tell everybody, Hey, this could be the next Okada. I, I don't, if I was new Japan, I don't want this February 24th show to be the story. Leaving it is Okada's leaving instead. It should be, but look who's here. It should be all the focus is at least you temper some of that of the natural uh, disappointment. Some of your fan base is going to have in losing Okada, but you present to them like, hey, we've still got um, all this great. Like we talked about short term, there could be some very exciting things from New Japan because of this shakeup. And you have mm-hmm. to do some unorthodox booking and r- putting a rocket on some people. And we're not like, yes, they're doing a hair versus hair match on this show. But in terms of maximizing Okada's exit, it just feels as though I won't call it an outright fumble until we see what happens on these shows. But it's it certainly feels like there's no way they're going to come close to the potential of what you could have to maximize Okada's last matches here, where they're a singles win over Tanahashi and a pair of 10 mans. Maybe they know something that we don't about uh, future Okada participation with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'm just trying to come up with any particular reason why um, we, we are getting these matches. I I this to me would be the the time that I would be doing something very, very aggressive um, with, with, with Okada. So there you go. That was uh, the, the new Japan portion uh, of our rundown here. And just uh, some quick notes for AEW this week, because of the NBA all-star weekend rampage is going to be on an hour or several hours earlier on Friday, they will have a 7 PM Eastern start time and Saturday, no collision. Mm Hmm clearing the way so way can watch ufc 298 on saturday you have no conflicts now uh save me a seat yeah well that'll that'll give tsn and a week to get things back get back in order turns out Mm -hmm. man between um myself and kate we're we're taking down the canadian broadcasters all two of them what what do i tell you man get a vpn (laughs) that's that's the gateway for everybody uh, ratings notes from Friday. SmackDown did a huge number, 2,578,000 viewers and a 0.75 in the demo. Their best figures since August the 25th of last year. And among sports, like they, it was not a big night of sports and they ran through everything. Um, the closest in the demo was a special that CBS ran 
of the best Super Bowl ads in history. They put a whole show together of commercials, and this did 5 million viewers on a Friday night. I mean, to a lot of people, it's it's the only appeal of watching the Super Bowl, myself included. This is not the new ads, though, Wade. This is ads from the past, from years past. Yes. You're going to sit down on Friday to watch, man, what did McDonald's come up with in 1984? they they are tremendously entertaining advertisements in many cases well they're they're getting they're getting a lot of usage out of these ads rampage also did a very good number on friday 456,000 viewers and a 0.14 in the demo so this was their largest audience since last april and their best demo number since october 13th they were up 45% this week in viewership and up 39% in the demo so um the peak was the opening quarter which had the Undisputed Kingdom against Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta. I'd be curious what the lead-in was for them. I'm not sure if it was something special that um, they had uh, to serve as a lead-in. Um, but the rest of the show had uh, Mystico and Matt Seidel. The Young Bucks had a match. And then the main event was Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale against Ruby Soho and Soraya. So there you go. That is your ratings report for the week. And now we're heading off to Lexington, Kentucky, the Rupp Arena. WrestleTix reporting over 9,800 tickets distributed, and we're kicking things off with the New Day and Jay Uso against Imperium. Pretty hot from the crowd in the opening part, especially getting behind every one of Jay's strikes with, with the Yeet. And the story they, of the they match, were doing like the uh, unicorn stomp. Yes, and they were pretty quiet for Woods, but then Jay comes in and they just they lose their mind yelling mm. for him. So. Gunther is avoiding Jay. He would tag in, then he would tag out, and he waits till Vinci drops Jay. Then he comes in and tears off Jay's shirt with the yeet on it and chops him some more. Uh, Jay manages a super kick on, on Kaiser, and then Vinci comes off the top. He's nailed with a super kick, and Gunther is just watching from the floor. And as there's a spear attempt by Jay, Gunther sprawls and blocks the spear, hits him with this big lariat, and... In our weekly Gunther meme reel, he climbs to the top and he does the Jay Uso arm gesture. And this, I hope, is like the most popular meme coming out of this raw. This this man is a level a level of comedy that I could only aspire to. The only arm gesture in pro wrestling um, over the past twenty four hours, I will celebrate. Okay, yes. Um, you realize that uh, tonight we were we were going head to head with John Stewart's return. To the uh, way way to plug the competition, John. Well, it's over now. I mean, people are probably they oh. they're DVRing John Stewart over us. That's a big deal. It is. He's coming back for just Mondays. Mm-hmm. Great, probably good. Great gimmick. Great job to have. I only you only work in one day a week. Yeah. Wonderful. If, yeah, that's that's the way to go. We we should do. We should try that. Don't get any ideas. Kaiser makes a save and then gets posted on the floor. Vinci's in, eats the boot, and they super kick Vinci. And a 1D is delivered to Vinci, followed by the Uso splash, and Jay pins Vinci. 19 minutes and 49 seconds that this one went. And, man, they were making the big push for Jay, going for this IC title. We were suggesting, when's this going to be? Yeah. The answer was next Monday in Anaheim. Unless, of course, you get some sort of non-finish or, or a spoiled result that'll lead to a, a bigger setting. But yeah, I, I was a bit surprised that they were they're going to Jay versus Gunther so quickly. Um, could, but could you the see ma- a title change on as as close uh-huh. as next month? Yes. I can't. You don't. Okay. Do you? 
I would only state if they had some bigger plan for Gunther and getting the IC belt off him to go to that mania program is is of value to them. What it, could would be, un, it would seem unlikely. Yeah, like what could be bigger for Gunther than perhaps um, defending the, the championship uh, at WrestleMania and even losing the championship at WrestleMania? Wouldn't that make a bigger moment for whoever was going to win it? Potentially. Like we have to look at – so we knew it was going to be Gunther and Brock at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time imagining that would have been an IC title match. It just feels really weird that Brock would have been going for that belt. So if they had it in mind of Gunther was going to be losing the belt before Mania, that could still be in the plans. It's just Gunther is ending up with someone else at Mania. So again, mm-hmm. this is going to be an interesting WrestleMania to look back on of the different dominoes that have fallen with various injuries, the Brock Lesnar situation, and how much... Um, collateral damage there's been from all of this mm. um all of these changes but i guess just for that reason i wouldn't totally disqualify it but it, w- it would it would seem very rushed to do this with jay as quick as next monday and not build it to something else next monday would feel really unusual for a rain as like a, a prolific as gunther's but jay is a great candidate to be the person to beat gunther and and i thought he was really well showcased in this particular match i think jay continues to like look his strongest in a tag team setting which is completely understandable um but man like the heat there's some so, uh, like a great sort of like tonal sort of like um i don't know um uh, 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 chemistry here between between these two teams. You have the New Day wrestling so incredibly fast, and then once Gunther comes in, things slow down. But Gunther slowing down like is entertaining to watch because all of his moves look so good, and now he's got so much charisma attached to to everything as well. Um, it just completely worked and and set up for a a great like Jey Uso spotlight where like he and Gunther, I felt like they feel like a WrestleMania level like feud that that's at least you know being set up here so if it's not jay versus gunther at mania i wonder who it will be we had an andrade vignette uh that he loves this business he had his first match at 13 and we saw some old highlights of him in nxt becoming nxt champion then to the main roster becoming u.s champion but said i had to leave three years ago to remember who i was Mm. i went to AEW and i quickly remembered uh what I wanted to be. And it was not here. So he came back and now his direction is clear. Took him three years. You remembered he was uh, an accessory in a cuckold storyline with the good old days for Andrade. Uh, So there you have it. Um, Hey, this was a a nice looking video, you know, a good bit of production put behind Andrade for this, essentially a reintroduction about who he was, what his past accomplishments were. And it kind of told you, I think what he's after next. I mean, he's already won the U S he's already been NXT champion, probably his campaign towards, you know, world championship, um, I guess, uh, title contention. Take a number. Uh, yeah. Join the, the line. lineup. Yeah. But, um, you know, he does come back now um, to the WWE with a bit more experience cutting promos for himself. He's clearly been working really hard at it. That, that was one thing that you you definitely noticed about his AEW run, like just speaking up a lot more, cutting promos in English. And he's brought that over to the WWE as well. Yeah, he doesn't have Vicky Guerrero by his side. Um, remember, that, yes. remember that pairing? Uh, almost no, but um, yes, it did happen. Bobby Lashley against Bronson Reed, Elimination Chamber qualifier. Um Dude, this opening video for Bronson Reed, he's awesome. like stomping through the city as King Kong. This thing was awesome. This guy has a fantastic – they've always had 
great ideas for his entrance from when they'd shake the camera, when he'd stomp on the steps to come up. And this video is awesome. We're like great addition. Um, and also condolences. Bronson Reed mentioned a, a cousin of his um, j- just passed away. Um, uh, so anyway, that was uh, probably uh, something he was dealing with here. But they for all that we discussed on SmackDown, the idea of like uh, carrying cross involvement or something like this. It was a clean match. They had like your, your big man match. Dude, Pat McAfee had some fixation with like asses on this show. His first comment here is that Bronson Reed is so big he has trouble wiping his butt. Hmm. Yes. How any any um thoughts on Pat McAfee now? What are we two three weeks in? I'm not. I'm not feeling it with Pat McAfee. I'm not feeling it either. Like, I mean, it just feels like I don't know. He and I was a big fan of his on SmackDown. I just. It's even like the the energy feels a bit toned down, and he still feels like he's still like trying to catch up. Like he's really behind on a lot of the characters, a lot of the stories, and like I just I can't imagine how he's balancing keeping up to date with this. Even calling it like the amount of travel he's now added to himself, doing his show. He's got like a, father in fatherhood. Yeah, like dude, it's. I'm really surprised that he took this on. Like, this is the last thing he needs. Like he is well beyond like needing like WWE exposure. Like he is at a a different level. It it clearly, I mean, I'm sure there's some money, like a good amount of money attached to it, but for him, clearly it's, it's probably a passion project as well. Right. You know, uh, maybe even a, a lifelong dream to, to be attached to the company. Um, maybe it's too much to expect him to be like his, you know, at his old level, like two, three weeks in, like maybe we give him a month and a full cycle of these sort of, sort of pay-per-view storylines before we assess. But, um, I, I, I definitely prefer Wade, but that's just me speaking at more as a hardcore fan. Now, like if to a I, casual I'd say both way of both sets, I think we have weaker teams now, like Graves and Barrett. It's, Again, it's only been two weeks. It's a very tough adjustment for Graves to go. And to they're learning play. too. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you as the viewer, it's like, I, how much do you want to be listening to them kind of, you know, figure things out on the fly? You had a really good team in Cole and Barrett, and you had a really good team in Cole and Graves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Cole can't be in that role maybe every week, but we definitely, I think, have, have gone down in terms of the, the teams versus what the alternative was that they had prior. At least for now, yeah. So anyway, um, Lashley hits his big vertical suplex. Reed comes back with a DVD, and then Lashley lifts, slams him down, sets up for the spear, but Reed knees him in the gut, hits the senton, but then Lashley throws Reed off the top, stopping the tsunami, and spears Reed 837 and beats Bronson Reed. And they're even making the big sign about, you know, he wants to go back to Australia, his home country, and be in the chamber, uh, but he loses clean here tweeted about it he says my whole life i dreamed of wrestling on a wwe ple in my home country he dropped this uh, back then he was dreaming about ple's he says i failed my people myself and my family sorry well, that probably means he's going to be on the pay-per-view in some form or fashion and we gotta wait till next week <laughs> you would hope so maybe he wrestles uh indie and um you know yes. they just put all the australians in one match together it would yeah. make the most sense that they're both in some some way on this show. They're not doing like a last chance battle royal. Not for the men. They unless right? they do some angle on Friday where yeah. you know you do some double disqualification or something, and it forces or you you'd have to get creative. I guess you can't completely discount it, but 
they haven't set that up like the women. But the spots are, are are much you know fewer these days on these WWE PLEs, and and especially when you're talking about something like the Chamber with like how much talent they have right now on both rosters. It's I'm sorry, even if you're from Australia, there's really kind of no pity spot in this chamber when you're Ooh, a pity spot, man. Well, when you're talking, ways bringing the heat tonight. Well, I mean, oh, pity oh, spots on these. We're talking about AJ AJ Styles. I mean, who's not even in in this match, right? So, uh, but but Reed did great here. Like, I thought it was a really strong beat match, and it's just kind of fun to see guys like doing things that they're not supposed to at their size. He made Lashley look great by letting Lashley just kind of throw him around and you know impressively um, uh, lifting somebody of Reed's size. So I thought this was actually one of bobby's stronger wins jackie does uh i guess this is becoming her weekly hangout with Sami Zayn in the empty stands and basically says uh you lost last week do you feel embarrassed <laughs> thanks jackie for tracking me down to make me feel awful he says yeah sometimes you do feel embarrassment when you lose you want to curl up and not come to work but I have this unwavering belief in myself. It carried me to WrestleMania last year. I know I'm a contender. I'm going to be a champion. And that is a promise. And then, boy, early bird catches the worm because Nakamura was here at the Rupp Arena at the crack of dawn editing on his uh, on his Avid because he knew that Sammy might be there in the stands. And I'm going to interrupt this private conversation with a elaborate video with subtitles so rather than maybe that being the potential sort of um scenario here i i more so choose to believe that shinsuke nakamura now has like these supernatural powers where he can just like this is like an echo where they can communicate where maya can't hear kingpin but they now have this advanced technology i don't get the reference i don't know how many people listening do either but i i i, I accept it um i trust that it makes a lot of sense but, you know, I choose to think that Shinsuke Nakamura now just has the ability to, like, project to uh, any device in the world, any screen in the world. And subtitles and music, background music, will automatically play to anybody listening. Well, if if he's got automatic subtitles, then it makes WWE completely out of excuses for marketing foreign talent. So he says, what's wrong with you? You've had the glory. Have you forgotten that? You want people's sympathy. Such a clever guy you are, just like Cody. But I would love to see your true self in the ring tonight. The real you that tries to swindle people and stay in the spotlight. But if you don't let your emotions out, I won't tolerate it. Your chance is gone. But don't worry, I will pick up your soul and continue my war path forward. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he meant here, but it was... Um... Sound it sounded intense. I, I think it was kind of generic trash talk um, for Nakamura. He was saying like something to to the gist of um, why are see you the real you the real you that swindles people and stays in the spotlight? Bring that version. Like, well, well, how, it... how would you characterize that in a wrestling match? Well, Sammy uh, or sorry, Nakamura does have maybe some justification for for demanding that because didn't Sami Zayn used to manage Shinsuke Nakamura as that guy, the documentarian Sami Zayn? Remember yes. that guy? Yeah. Maybe maybe Nakamura is saying bring that guy back. Okay. Um. He didn't. He didn't bring that up. He should have. Should have been. Well, like, are you yeah, saying that that's his true self? You, you cut me out of my a percentage of my contract. Then they could edit for each other. Um, <laughs> when, when's that documentary going to make its way out? Is it still someday. still in development? These documentaries take a while. Yeah, someday. Yeah, it was a really interesting sort of um, clash of um, interview styles. You have like this Sami Zayn interview, which feels very real, and Sami is excellent at like just talking to Jackie and just conveying this like. I don't know, real like 
underdog. And then all of a sudden, Shinsuke Nakamura comes on the screen with like his red tinted, you know, like whatever and like background music playing. And they even shoot Sami Zayn looking like, what? How, how is this happening? What technology what, is this? What if he did this whole elaborate? Like, imagine this was you um, in the stands and I come on and I cut this <laughs> elaborate like diss track on you. And the audio is not on in the arena. And you're just like, John, John, no, I can't hear you. But yeah. you look really angry right now. <laughs> um, I guess that's why the subtitles are there in case the audio wasn't on in the arena. So. That's right. Yes. This was a, this was a really well-produced. Uh, yeah. The Sami Zayn story is, is getting to be interesting. We'll, we'll talk more about it. Zayn's promos are great during this. Like he's really honed in on this and comes off very, very genuine. And you like, you like where this is going, like or you're intrigued by it. But the bigger arc is 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 will be interesting to discuss. I mean, we thought last week's, or at least I thought last week's segment with him talking about wanting to be a champion, it seemed like a perfect setup for a elimination chamber spot. Uh, it's not that, and who knows if any of those plans might have been changed. But they're clearly sticking with this Sami Zayn. You know, I want to be champion. I want to. I guess now they're saying I want to be on WrestleMania. That's that's the story, isn't it? Yeah, and it would seem that. Like if they don't have Drew's spot locked in for WrestleMania, like he does seem to be. That. It's going to be Drew. It seems like that was pretty heavily teased. Don't you think for who for Sammy? Don't you think? Yeah, I I think like that is at least one of the options is Zayn going for, you know, the guy he's never been able to beat. Mm. Um, but again, it's also figuring out the whole Rollins path for for Mania, too. And is Drew part of that or is he not part of that? Then we uh, continue on here and Cody Rhodes comes out and he says that he gets a very big reaction and notes that he will be taking on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And for a long time, I couldn't even say that. But the reason I can is because of you, the people. I'm like, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You absolutely could have said that. You could have said that in Birmingham, Alabama when you came out there. But instead you decided to seek counsel from the rock and you, you came to the conclusion that I'm coming for everything, but not at this year's WrestleMania. That was your decision to step away from this. You absolutely could have named Roman Reigns that night, but the people made their voices heard with those words in the crowd chants. We want Cody. And he says, I don't want to become emotional here because then I'd become a crybaby." So the crowd starts chanting Rocky sucks and says that he was the guy that didn't want to hear those chants. He's the most famous man on the planet and a possible future presidential candidate. And they show the clip of Dwayne Johnson on the Pat McAfee show running down the, the Cody crybabies. And Cody then says, I have a question. What am I supposed to do with those nuggets? And he looks at Pat and this, this was like a rare swing and a miss for Cody. Like this comedy line that just to me fell so flat. Um, but he notes that, um, you know, I'm a fan of The Rock. And the crowd boos this. They do not want to hear this. He says, but but John, but Dwayne doesn't listen. And I never insulted his ancestors. And yet he slapped me. So, Rock, you slap me. This is my warning that I'm going to hit you back. Um that leads to Seth coming out and 
Cody thanks him for coming to his aid at the at the press conference last week. Rollins understands why he's at going after Reigns. After all this, he's like, you've got to finish your story and millions of people want to see that. It's it's the bigger drawing match this year and we are trying to get uh, a a proper healthy percentage increase in sponsorship revenue year over year for our Monday morning press release. I understand. Rollins says, but now you need to finish your story for yourself, for your dad, for me. And for all of these people, because if not, the landscape after WrestleMania is very dark. Reigns will get more power, more leverage. He'll show up even less. He's going to get a more advantageous contract with less dates. But Cody, what is your plan? Because last year you got screwed and the deck is now stacked against you. The bar has been raised and now it's a it's a two-headed beast because now you're dealing with the rock in addition but you don't have to fight this battle alone against those arrogant, entitled pricks who throw their weight around. I'm sick of it. He says, I'm partially responsible for the man that Roman Reigns has become. I taught him everything I knew, and now he's a monster, and that monster needs to be dealt with. And when it comes to fighting Roman Reigns, there is only one man uniquely qualified to be your shield. Cody says, you know, I know him very well. John, oh, oh, you. And Seth, music plays to end the segment. And Michael Cole, our, our man that always has a great tagline to end every segment, says, at WrestleMania, could it be an American dream or an American nightmare scenario? Mm. rolls off the tongue so this yes. seems to be our, our setup most likely for our tag bout on night number one i mean and, and if it wasn't obvious enough just from the uh the videos um the trailer that, they put out yeah the trailers they're putting you know putting these two uh putting these four i should say you know on opposite sides uh or they could change them as long as it's these four and no one gets hurt they can mix and match we can do whatever we want with these four. Can they mix and change? But it's got to be these four in some form or fashion. Can they really mix and match? They're standing on the same sides. No, they're with they're AI. Like, you could do anything. You're right. It. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, so this was a uh, uh, what an understanding guy. Well, th- th- this was going to be, I think, a really interesting. Um, like I was waiting for for this um, uh, a first appearance after the press conference from both Seth, R- Seth Rollins and from Cody Rhodes because I think the both of them had a lot to answer for. Um, let's talk about maybe Rollins first, who actually I actually felt did an excellent job here. You know, let's 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 maybe like you know give Seth Rollins a bit of credit for I think the tremendous like promo uh, um, promos he's cut this year. Let, let let's just even think back to like the CM Punk feud and what he was initially trying to build. He had some great moments with CM Punk and more than held his own against some of the best, you know, promo guys in the entire industry. And, and um, you can see he is, he has shelved like the, and you know, he's mm-hmm. like, and that was only we're talking about like a couple of months ago that he was yeah. still heavy into that. And this is such a more effective, serious version and yeah, he, he was he was great here. And he's in a very tough spot where he's he's right at the edge of being an afterthought in uh, of the of these four and yeah. having the title that we are literally saying the quiet part out loud that this is like the loser belt, the title no one cares about. And they're booking it as such that this is not the belt Cody has any interest in. 
and is going for the main belt. And Seth has to be the one to, yeah, I, I understand. So what we're ultimately talking about here is this is a Seth Rollins who has basically had his plans changed twice now. Okay. The man was supposed to face CM Punk and I don't care what you believe. He was supposed to face Cody Rhodes until the audience told, uh, you know, change those plans. So now how is Seth supposed to answer for basically failing to convince Cody Rhodes that to see his championship as, as, you know, worthy enough. And I thought they, they, they gave him a wonderful little promo to basically graciously accept defeat. I understand you need to finish your story. He's basically just telling the truth of what the audience wants and, and how can anybody criticize, you know, Seth Rollins for that. Beyond that, I felt like they found a way for Seth Rollins to maybe um, kind of encapsulate like his great, greater sort of like concerns about Roman Reigns and, and, and his championship by saying, Cody, if you beat Roman, you can actually turn his championship into another workhorse championship, which is seemingly Rollins' entire sort of motivation for, you know, making this this World Heavyweight Championship such a prized possession anyway. So Rollins is essentially saying, um, even though you're not facing me, you can win for us by beating Roman, which I think was a wonderful way to position him. Cody, I was less impressed with um, for what they gave him because I think... At least you and I, I think a lot of other people have just kind of moved on uh, without expecting an explanation, but I still have. I needed to know why he gave up the spot initially. What sort of counsel, what sort of conversation did he have with Roman Reigns to lead What did to he him? tell you? What was so convincing that, you know what, this is not your year. I know you won this Rumble, but you know what? What if it, it, you going for Roman again? Awesome idea. You know what a better idea is? Me. Well, what do I do, Rock? You're not going to do anything. You can go fight (laughs) that guy, um, the singer. Um, Maybe they've got like a hell of like a GTV, like, you know, hidden camera footage of like these two having their meeting. And that'll explain all at some point. But this was just like, I thought, like kind of insulting. They're just continuing to expect that we never saw that smackdown from two weeks ago and and that particular moment they're just kind of moving on and again for a lot most of the audience i would suggest it it, they're probably fine with it but i expect more gracious sort of like tight-knit storytelling from you know this certain this regime i i think overall that like seth's setup here was, was fine i think people take it for what it is you're making the best of this um situation that you have but like just like some basic questions that bring about this is okay. Seth has this disdain for Roman and this lax schedule he has and putting mm-hmm. this belt on ice. That was the sole reason for the creation of this championship that he has created, that he has cultivated, that he has brought up to be this championship. And after 200 and some odd days as your champion here, 261, oh, they actually listed 261. Now. They mentioned yeah. Cody was not interested in this belt. Like, what is the purpose of this belt when you're stating, Cody, go win that belt, and then we have a redundant belt in mind by you winning the big title. Then we have two workhorse titles, and thus, we don't need both of these. Like, you're pretty much outlining this title is pointless once we have that other one back in rotation. Well, it's good to have two workhorse championships, isn't it? Not for Cody. Like, here's the workhorse title. It's right here. This is the big thing we want. Cody doesn't want that title. Well, okay, I I think it would have helped to have Cody at least like talk a bit about 
the World Heavyweight Championship and why it should be so prized, just to maybe you know fix some of the damage that they might have like that Roman might have de- delivered. You know, like to hear from the guy who refused the championship why it's still a worthy championship for anybody else to go after might have maybe alleviated some of the you know um, sort of um, second place feelings that are now attached to that to that belt. Well, the fact is they they were super into Cody here. And I think they, they like the direction that this is going. Um, yeah. All I wanted from Seth was to say, I just want you to know Cody that by you picking Roman reigns based on these qualifying matches, I might be defending this title against the Miz at WrestleMania. I might be defending this belt against Dominic at WrestleMania. There's a chance of that happening as of this, this recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go to uh, Jackie with the New Day and Jay Uso to announce the IC title match for next week. And then Liv Morgan, Zoe Stark, another qualifying match here. Uh, Stark hits a Death Valley driver on the edge and then a lung blower off the turnbuckle by Liv. Michael Cole, boy, he had to mention so many times tonight what time Elimination Chamber is on. So just wait for next week of how many times they have to tell us. 5 a.m. Eastern, that's 2 a.m. on the West Coast and even throwing in 11 p.m. if you're in Hawaii. I don't have they ever had to push a a pay-per-view at at those times before only that show that they did in Japan a number of years I guess the other one they did in uh, Australia as well right super showdown Um, that's right yeah Yeah. they've done they've yeah the Australia I mean the Saudi Arabia ones they they promote those pretty heavily but not like this at not 5 5 a.m um nonetheless uh stark blocks another code breaker catapults her into the corner and then stark misses with a phoenix splash and that leads to oblivion and live wins in 9 13 to join bianca belair and becky in the chamber match i'm glad they gave us a little video um for Liv morgan ahead of this because um i totally forgot that it was rhea ripley that took her out um so you know it gives Liv like like a nice little story to enter this elimination chamber so that, you know, you might believe that she might have a chance at beating Rhea, but they stacked the storytelling so hard towards Rhea versus Becky that I don't think anybody feels like a legitimate contender. So um, you would think that this would be a good time. I think you would have people disappointed now because you've teased this, the crowd want like, dude, that press conference last week, they did the stare down with the two of them. It was like the match had already happened. It would be... Like Liv would be like you have a story with Liv, absolutely. But you pushed this Becky match so hard that it would be. I just think the that's the hotter match, and I think you'd have the air out of the sails for people that want to see that match. So you know, it makes you wonder if maybe coming out of the chamber, if there's room for Liv to continue the story, like the revenge story with with Rhea Ripley, or is Rhea just going to be busy? And if so, where does that leave Liv? So, um, leave Liv. So, you know, so you hope coming out of the chamber, she doesn't just get lost and, you know, becomes another number and that she has a substantial story. Do you think like she even makes it to mania other than, I guess, the battle royal? I've uh, I hope you could ask the same question about a lot of the women's roster, actually, you know. Yeah. What what is the lineup going to look like for both nights? Like you think that it's. Like last year, this was not a case of just get every single person on the card. Like they mm-hmm. they are much more conservative with their match lengths. Um, and you're doing two nights, so that does create more spots. But the idea of like like live having a singles program on one of them, probably unlikely. Mm. Judgment Day is with our truth, and Priest tells him, uh, Priest tells him that enough is enough. You're never you have never been part of this group. We never were initiating you. We were just beating you up. And tonight is your execution. 
We're going to murder you. Coming up after the commercial. This is a pretty stern warning. Mm -hmm. Truth did what anyone facing a uh, a threat of, on their life would do. He called the Miz and asked him to get onto a plane to fly to Lexington. We never heard if the Miz got onto a plane or not. And he is sent out for the match with J.D. McDonough. And this is when uh, we get Pat's uh, fascination again when Truth does the splits. And Pat notes he's 51 doing the splits. Pat says he pulled a muscle taking a dump last week. Mm. This is where I think I was done on the on the Pat McAfee experience. We see uh, uh, Truth do his Cena spots. It's a five-knuckle shuffle. And then Priest distracts. One of many distraction finishes on the show. Roll up by JD, and then he hits the devil inside to win in six minutes and 51 seconds. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I mean, I don't know. The match was was kind of what it was. It really is impressive. The man, you know, our truth wrestles the way he does at his age. You forget the he's in his fifties. Um, but tonight was all about the execution. Well, Judgment Day go to execute our truth via stomps, and Balor is thrown out by our truth. He is standing up to them. Priest decks him, and it's a four on one. They tear off his shirt when DIY run down with chairs to prevent a uh, a murder on the USA network and uh, DIY has got his back. Zane is in the back and Cody comes up just to tell Zane, I believe in you too. And so do all the people. And Zane's like, Oh, come on in. And he gives Cody a big hug. This felt like almost like overly, I don't know, um, corny for, for baby faces. So naturally you can't help but look into it and, and, to try to think what the true motivation of putting a, a, a scene like this out there was who's is this a feud that's going to be coming up at some point i think that you have a lot behind this one if you want to really push the zane like to the edge here and it's like you can replay last year and going into mania it's like you it, you stole my momentum or mm-hmm. and it, i'm desperate to get to WrestleMania and you were willing to give your spot away to some mm-hmm. Hollywood actor. There's plenty yeah. you could, uh, you could uh, garner from, from, from this, I, like down the road, post mania. This, this would be a great like title program for, for Cody. If you go that direction. And a great thing for Sami Zayn, who has kind of felt aimless. I, I have to say maybe since, well, I mean, he won the, the tag team championships, but I think you can only go so far as, as a tag team champion as we've seen. So Sammy has certainly not felt as hot um, in, in, a, in a year, but a possible heel turn and a potential feud against the world champion and Cody Rhodes could possibly bring him back in that, to that spot. And there, there be a they, great main event for that Toronto pay-per-view when they do money July. in the bank. Well, then I don't know if he'd be such a peel, you know, I think Cody would be the heel. I, th- I think I think they would love to play with that and have, you know, the role reversal. I think they totally mm. lean in, into that kind of thing. Jackie is with Drew McIntyre. Oh, sorry. First, Becky comes out and she points to a sign from a fan asking her to the prom in 2034. She agrees. So. She says how much she loves this business ever since she was 15 and stepped into this ring, noting she once failed gym class, but went on to headline WrestleMania. How do you feel gym? I don't know. I, Hmm. I I don't even remember like getting like grades for gym. It was kind of just expected. You just have to show up. Yeah. I mean, they say like half the battle is just showing up. It's like gym. It really was like you just, 
I don't know what was what was the big task. You had to like climb the rope. Did you have to uh, climb that rope? No, I didn't even have to do that. Did you? Yeah, we had we had to climb the rope. You had to climb rope. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe in Ireland they had really strict gym class. She notes how she met her husband in this business. She's missed loved ones' birthdays. Gets choked up mentioning she missed her own father's funeral. And now my daughter is only three, and I've already had to have tough conversations with her about being injured, explaining why dad wants to fight Maui, which is a pretty funny line that most of the crowd got. And I got it. She, well, I was saying most of the crowd. Like it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know how many Moana consumers. It's a huge were. movie. How many years ago did that come out? Five, six? That's a lifetime in kids' <laughs> We movies. have memories longer than five years. How many like adults are watching Moana? Adults with children? You, you know, I've never even seen Moana. I know what okay. she was referencing. I'm not saying it's not a crossover. I'm just, they, they were quick on the draw here. That's all. So she's going to show her daughter she's capable of winning this elimination chamber match. This is everything a three-year-old uh, wants in, in their parent. Can, can, can mommy win an elimination chamber match? Is that, is that the question that, uh, that Oscar would be asking? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. She says she is obsessed with getting her title back that she hasn't had in nearly two years. And then she's going to go face-to-face with Rhea Ripley. And some of you, you really like her and don't think anyone can beat her, but I'm not just like anyone else. And then she wants to make a toast as she has a random glass of lemonade at ringside. And uh, Rhea joins to come down after the toast to some lemon. Oh, sorry. First, we get her toasting to Rhea, and then it's Naya who comes out. And Naya gets into the ring and says with like her, her attempt at tears here that she has so much respect for Becky. And if my mother was half the woman that you are, Becky, I'd be so lucky. And I hope I can be a mother one day. Dude, this was some of the worst acting I have ever, ever seen on a pro wrestling Which show. means it was great because oh, it was, it. I mean, it was perfect, sarcastic you know, mocking from Nia Jax here. I thought, I like thought this. So. What? What? what Sorry, were you expecting real tears? You're expecting was, like an Academy Award winning performance where she's actually crying, like, like as if she's you know genuine with her words. I was expecting to not want to hit fast forward. That's what I wanted oh, this segment. I thought she sounded good here. She says nothing will stop her from beating Rhea Ripley and becoming the new champion. And Becky's like, oh, I thought you were being serious about what a great mother I was. So Ripley charges down, fights with Nia, and then Becky's in the corner, and Rhea almost gets knocked into her, and then Nia comes from behind, avalanches both women, and spills the lemonade all over. And Becky sends Jax out of the ring, Rhea boots her, and we end with a stare down between Becky and Rhea. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they are building both towards the chamber match as well as the WrestleMania main event here between Rhea Ripley and uh, um, uh, um, Becky Lynch. But with the shred of very very small shred of doubt that it could possibly be Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch at Wrestlemania too and I appreciate it even though we all know it's not happening what does help them though though, this year I think people can buy in on like any scenarios happening here you could do your Rhea Liv Morgan match and do Becky and Nia Jax I think I think people have like understood like it could they've definitely done I think a good job of like just creating like those Mm -hmm. 
uh, plan B's. And I don't know if this was intentional when they, you know, did Becky versus Nia, but they do have like the expectation of of Becky getting that win back from Nia Jax out there. So it lends at least a little bit of, you know, um, maybe believability that they could book Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. But they've hit Becky ver- and, and and Rhea like so hard that it, it's not going to be anything but that. Um, but still, I thought like this was a segment that was like essentially like building a three way. And I thought it did a good job of it. You know, they they have to serve a lot of masters on these types of shows you, with so many like you got to build a TV, you got to build to multiple pay-per-views at the same time. Um, so it's it's all, never clean and it's never that easy. So I, I I have to respect it when they I feel like they do a successful job. Jackie interviewed Drew McIntyre, who is facing Cody next week. And Drew explains, I always try to give the fans what they want. Seth was selfish, trying to get the match with Cody for himself when all the people wanted Cody and Roman Reigns. I'm the underdog, and he implores Cody, get out of this match next week. You don't need to be facing me. You don't want to be in my prayers, and you don't want to be in the ring with me. Another great promo from Drew McIntyre. Yeah, now, weaponizing his prayers. I mean, oh, yeah. He needs to run with this. I mean, this is... He should threaten, like, putting his t- hands together and closing his eyes. Like that's, that's his buildup. That should be his finisher praying. You know, the the whole like religious aspect that if he kind of plays that up, it really does set him up to be in judgment day. Like when they're ready, like they've already created <laughs> the they aren't religious at all though. Uh, but they probably you, agnostic at most. What do you think judgment day is a reference to? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a very like a, that's a, that's what a religion do they actually practice? Would you say in the judgment day? Um, well, they're not they're not Buddhists, I don't think. Um, uh, what do you think? They're going to church? I, I'm sure Finn Balor is a strong Catholic. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Um, yes. 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 This yeah. is all great post mania. Um, but I'm loving Drew by himself right now. Honestly, like he he's he's one of the best things on the show, and he he is continuing. Like he's the real r truth, you know, the real truth teller. Um, all he did was give the fans what they want. Yeah, we, should, we he gave us Cody versus Reigns. Our truth thanks DIY, uh, but he thinks they're DX and asks how Road Dog <laughs> is doing and ends it with two words: "Thank you." Um, the best Michael Cole line was stating that, uh, you know, I think Road Dog he kind of looks like Burl Ives. <laughs> Who's that? Burl Ives was this like <laughs> he was a singer. Um, did you ever see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the original? He's he's no. he's the uh, like the narrator of it. Um, Burl Ives. Yes, I don't know know him. Does he look like our uh, Road Dog? Um, uh, to Michael Cole, he does. I don't know. And, and by the way, is Burl Ives a reference that's older than five years? Um, oh, it's it's a few years. It's at least six years old. Yeah, but it's when you. But liked. no one got this line probably. So, so, so there <laughs> you, you liked it. I did. Well, I'm old. L.A. Knight and Ivar was the next qualifier. Um, Michael Cole is a gas. How can Valhalla not be wearing the antlers for such a big match? The Knight hits a DDT. They go to the floor, and Ivar hits a crossbody against the barricade. After the break, spinning side slam by Ivar hits a tiger driver for a two count, and then Knight comes back with the elbow. So what happens? Valhalla gets onto the apron, and Knight goes for the BFT. It's blocked. Spin kick by Ivar, and then he misses the doom salt. Blunt force trauma and night wins in 826 to enter the chamber match, which Michael Cole notes getting pretty star studded. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, on Friday, of course, Knight interfered to cost AJ the match. And I expected AJ to, to you know, reciprocate here. And that never happened. AJ is not working on, on Mondays. He's staying at home, going to softball, uh, get, getting on Twitch. <laughs> I don't know if he's still doing that or not. I, I think he's 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 lifting weights. OK, I think he's traded in his Twitch time for gym time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Knight enters the match. Uh, and I thought Ivar made him look tremendous, much like Bronson Reed. You know, like anytime you have a big man in there um, to allow a smaller man to lift them towards their way to victory. I mean, yeah, it was good for L.A. Knight. Sure. Zane ran into Drew and Drew tells him, keep my name out of your mouth and keep your nose out of my business. Zane just says, you're in my way. Mm-hmm. Drew steps aside. It's like Cody. Yeah. Well, less at stake here, I would say. But um, it seems like the mania direction, don't you think? I think that this is probably a... Um, but I guess who's... I think, who's I think it's an option. I think they've got a lot of different options here. I think with Seth... Let, like, let's remember, like we, we, we don't know what the, the deal is with Drew. Like, is he here after Mania? Is he not here after Mania? Like, that mm. could very well dictate things for them. If you know, it seems like they could they could go they could go with Rollins or they mm. could go with Zayn. Like, it seems like those are two viable options for him. Well, Zayn can't because he's not in the chamber. But you're right; they could write anybody in to the match. No, I'm saying you could go with Drew against Sammy at WrestleMania, or oh, you could go okay. with Drew against Rollins at WrestleMania. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe it'll be Logan Paul versus uh, Seth Rollins. Oh, Logan Paul and Seth. I mean, they've done that one. Um, yeah, they have. I, I don't Nothing think they go that direction. Don't count out Dominic. There's uh, Dominic is, is still has that chance. Hmm. Next week in Anaheim, Cody and Drew, Gunther and Jay for the IC title, Judgment Day against R-Truth, The Miz, and DIY, and a last chance qualifier for the women. So this will have Baszler, Meechin, um, who else? Uh, and a bunch of other people, it sounds like. I don't think, like, the way... Losers bracket. No, but like this Pierce um, segment afterwards seems to suggest that like anybody just throw people in that weren't even uh, in qualifying matches. So I don't think it's just a losers bracket. I think it's just like it's a battle royal, right? So it's weird because the graphic it showed Baszler, Meechin, and they showed Zoe Stark. Yeah, and then and then in the graphic like the losers of Friday's matches. So it seemed like okay, this makes sense. The the six losers are in the losers bracket. And then we go to this segment where Indy and Candice LeRae want to get into the match. And so does Chelsea Green. And they weren't even in qualifiers. But yeah, from the way it looks here is that they're going to put a bunch of the, at the very least, they're going to put Indy Hartwell in because they're explaining she wants to get on this pay-per-view because it's in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a battle royal. You can't have a battle royal with just like four or five people, right? So I, I'm guessing every woman on this roster is probably going to make it. So, um Okay. Uh, not you know, I don't know if anybody really has to do that much campaigning with Adam Pierce. Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn is the main event, which they remind us from Takeover Dallas. Yeah. Probably like I don't know, to this day, like is is it Nakamura's most well remembered match in the WWE? Yes, I would say so. To a certain, I guess, audience portion of the audience. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nakamura's in control after the first break until Zayn lands a Michinoku driver. Uh, they go through a second break. Nakamura calls for the Kinshasa, but runs into the Blue Thunder Bomb, and Zayn goes to leap through the turnbuckles like the uh, 
the, the old like dive he would do from the floor under the buckle, but gets caught with a uh, kick here by Nakamura. Zayn then connects with a lariat. He rallies the crowd, exploded a Nakamura into the corner, and he sets up for the Haluva kick when, for the 85th time tonight, someone comes down to distract on the apron, and it's our closer himself, the man who has not found the show. <laughs> he doesn't work into the final minute. Drew McIntyre. And Zayn is, what are, what are you doing here? You told me to stay out of your business, and now you're in my business. Oh, my knee. And he gets hit, Kinshasa. And Nakamura wins in 17 minutes and 19 seconds. Drew starts to stomp Zane when Cody runs down, fights Drew in the center. Cody cutter to Drew. I'm going to watch every move Cody does and be concerned <laughs> from a Cody cutter. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Could oh, you imagine? After like, all that? Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, dude, you're not working any live events. We're just going to, you're going to talk. Should, you're going to do a lot of talking. He should be on the Roman and Rock schedule from now oh, until May. Could you imagine? So anyway, hits the Cody Cutter, crossroads to Nakamura, and uh, and that's the show. Big push for SmackDown with Rock and Reigns, which uh, should top last Friday's number. They've got all week to promote Rock on the show. Logan Paul's wrestling. This is the first time he's wrestled on TV. Hmm. So it's a big SmackDown on Friday. And they're doing a they're doing a double taping of NXT tomorrow, and they're doing a double taping of SmackDown Friday because the next week half the team the crew is in uh australia and they're mm-hmm. not doing smackdown from australia so gotcha a, so that means they could have the rock on both shows in theory you could you could tape something to air the next week if, if you wanted to hmm. okay is there in yeah. the building uh you know i thought rod did a re- really good job of multitasking and building several shows and connections between characters all at the same time i mean you've got Sami Zayn seemingly firmly in the mix now with something here going on with drew and possibly uh, Cody by by extension as well. So I find all that really interesting. Like the possibility that they already might be looking beyond WrestleMania and, and building like sowing some seeds there. Um what else what else was notable on the show? The Cody's Rollins the, segment. The setup with Jay for, for Gunther was you know it's coming quick, but yeah. they I, I thought like that opening six man, they like Jay came off the strongest in that match, and that's what you want to have for the this title match next week and and how how that comes off like it, it's a pretty big mat a pretty pretty big show next week the honda center is a big big building and they are this is the first it's kind of a soft test of it but they are marketing this because that's where the ufc pay-per-view is saturday night it's also at the honda center so they're promoting this as two nights ufc wwe they're even doing some event with like michael chandler where you can sit in the box at raw with michael chandler so oh, a dream. I would not be surprised if Michael Chandler is is showing on the broadcast or, or something like that. Uh, I guess that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, when are you fighting Connor? Don't know. I've been waiting. So who do you get to watch the UFC with? Our truth. Okay, that would be fun. That'd be a that'd be a yeah. person to watch watch mm-hmm. it with. Okay. Does All it right. feel like the road to WrestleMania? Um. Feels like the winding road to WrestleMania Ooh, at this point. Yeah, this I mean they, they've, they've got like they've got a strong interest in Mania this year, and through all the the different changes and such, like you've got like a strong main event picture. You've got a big big match in Reigns and Cody, and I think that that's going to carry things. You've got the Rock wrestling. Um, that you would think like, do you think we get the announcement of like the tag match as early as Friday? Like, do they set that up now? Do you think like they hold off to? formally announced that plan for the first night um we're still pretty far from wrestlemania aren't we you know what are we like 
eight weeks away, seven weeks away, something like that. I think you want to have that main event. Like you, you have your main event of night two. And I think you want to have your, your I think you want to have your rock match locked in You're that right. you can start to really hype and promote what it is that he is doing rather than a guessing game. You pretty much already have it in that trailer, you know, that they put out. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they confirmed it you, on Friday. I would be curious of people that may have just tuned in after that, that rumble and like, are people clear that they're not getting Rock and Roman Reigns? Because you would have certainly like they made like they, they made the it pretty clear. Out, like they, I'm they made saying, it pretty clear after the press conference that we're getting Rock. Sorry, Cody versus Roman Reigns. You know, they're 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 really like they had Paul Levesque come out on Friday just to hey, just a reminder, everybody, in case it wasn't clear, you're getting Roman Reigns versus Cody. Um, so I guess by extension, they would expect people to realize that you're not getting rock versus roman i think you could have people that just naturally assume hey they announced rock and reigns it's two nights of mania and just just think think that like it um you know it's i i would think it, it's better safe to just get it clear what rock's match is <laughs> right quickly because and to start like really hyping this this thing um mm. i think you want to have that there but there you go that was raw and we will now head over to Super Chats and Feedback. We have a bunch here. Yeah, let's go to some of your Super Chats here. First of all, we go to Jake from the Windy City who says, so happy for Mongo going to the Hall of Fame. Yes, this is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you have not seen the uh, the, the ESPN feature that they did on him, it is unbelievable. It's mm. just uh, such a tremendously well done uh, feature on him. And I mean, it's uh, it's it's wonderful to hear that it obviously meant a lot to him to go into this Hall of Fame, and like, yeah, his wife even said like it could be very difficult for him to travel, but it seems like they they might make that attempt for him to to travel to to Canton in the summer. And then Eric sends twenty dollars. Thank you so much, Eric, wow, for the support. You, All just to say, Happy Year of the Dragon. Yes, the year of a uh, Ricky Steamboat. Uh, the American Dragon, a yeah, great match on. over the weekend. Yes. Dragons are very well represented in professional wrestling. And uh, and and happy Year of the Dragon to all everybody celebrating uh, Lunar New Year over the past weekend. All right, let's go to Mug in a solid episode. If WrestleMania 39 was Infinity War, it's safe to say that WrestleMania 40 is going to be the end game of this Roman Cody duology. Seth Rollins got fixed in one segment as he was positioned as the Iron Man to Cody's Captain America. And what better way to combat this tribal Thanos than with a shield? Ooh. Cinema ain't cinema if it ends the same way. WWE's answer to the Avengers are slowly being assembled. Anyway, Drew continues to be a habitual line stepper. The new Jay and Imperium was a fun six man and Liv versus Zoe was pretty good. Can we get like a AI, like, you know, movie trailer voice to read Muggins feedback from now on? No, he's uh He's always in fine form. Mm. Thank you, Muggin. Manny from Pacoima says, lots of solid matches and what felt like a really long edition of Raw. The opening six-man was a great way to open the show, and that pimp slap from Jay to Gunther stood out. The booking of Sammy really makes me wonder if a world title run is in the future for him this year. So far, he's lost two matches, which makes me think they're building him back as the underdog from the underground who will stop at nothing to win the title. The the stop at nothing part is is the most interesting part to me, you know. Um, yeah, is there a possible heel, heel turn in there? We'll find out. The Jacob had lots of solid matches from Masha Slamovich 
And, and Masha Slamovich made history as the first ever woman to win the J-Cup, the first woman to win the JCW title, and the first wrestler to hold both the GCW and JCW titles. Hechicero has made the challenge to Zack Sabre Jr. These two last faced off, I believe, in 2018 for PWG. Post-wrestling, no bread, no water, just chopped tees as he shows off his new ringer tee from chop-tees.com slash post-wrestling. Thank you, as always, Manny. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, let's go to uh, Annie here, who's right. My 90-minute cut of Raw continues to be the show I enjoy the most every week. I really like the main event story. Fictionalizing the Triple H Rock power struggle that's been playing out in the sheets is a nice touch. The Rock, who wanted this uh, match as a celebration of his family, aligning with his blood is awesome. In theory, it gives Cody substantial odds to overcome. Rollins banding together with Cody to fight off the part-timers is true to his character as well. They've managed to tie together a lot of moving parts. My only qualm is that Cody needs to tie up the narrative loose end that is his change of heart. I agree. That was like the, maybe the main criticism I had from um, his promo. And at this point, if he didn't give it in this, like first promo since the press conference i don't think you're going to get it unless there's like significant audience demand of everybody asking hey cody why did you do that i think they're just going to like men in black the whole thing and just pretend it never happened i came to birmingham alabama with my (laughs) dream of facing roman reigns and there i see the rock who brought me into his locker room and he gave me a drink of terramana and he drugged me no. and I came out and I have no memory mm. of that segment where I gave away my WrestleMania main event to that politician, Dwayne fucking Johnson. Oh, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, the be Terramana, uh, you know, I've had it. It's, it's lovely. It does not, does not do that to somebody. Just trying to tie this up as best we can. All right. Thanks to everyone for your feedback. Um, tomorrow night, Braden and Davey will be coming at you with Up Next. And boy, do we have a do we have a lineup for you? Way, tell me your uh, your level of excitement here. We have the family defending the NXT tag titles against Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, the most uh, entertaining tag team in WWE at the moment. Mister Stone and Von Wagner teaming up against Noam Dar and Oro Mensa. Dude, Robert Stone's kids. If we do best non-wrestler this year, they're both in the running. These kids are the best thing on NXT. And uh, maybe in 10 years, 15 years time, they'll, um, they'll, they'll be, uh, they'll qualify for the wrestler categories. Cause they, they have better, they have better timing and delivery than a lot of performers that we review on a weekly basis. Yeah. Kiana James against Brinley Reese, Adriana Rizzo against Jada Parker, Carmelo Hayes versus Joe Gacy. Lola Vice against Tatum Paxley and Ridge Holland against Gallus. And uh, also Lyra Valkyria is set to defend the women's title against Shotzi, which they set up at one of the live events over the weekend. So that is coming up on Tuesday night. And then Dynamite, we have the Young Bucks in top flight, Adam Copeland against Daniel Garcia to determine the number one contender for the TNT title and Willow Nightingale against Sky Blue. So still some matches to be announced there copeland and daniel garcia will be very interesting yeah i'm sure it'll be great um uh, orangeville versus buffalo qew battle boy what a what a war that's gonna be in in austin texas perfect neutral neutral ground ground. (laughs) all right that's gonna wrap it up again we're back on thursday the ask away mailbag show for all post wrestling cafe members get your questions in at forum.postwrestling.com or memo 
anchor.fm slash post wrestling. We'll also have some, uh, some audio updates coming your way on the post wrestling cafe for double, double and espresso patrons. So lots of uh, great shows to check out. The full schedule is up at postwrestling.com, And we'll be chatting with you later on this week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.